Clients on Demand teaches coaches, service providers, and thought leaders how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hey everybody, how's it going? It is Russ. Welcome to today's show. So today we're going to be talking about a huge, huge, huge topic that is critically, critically important. It is how to overcome call reluctance. So when you want to pick up the phone and 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 and, and when you when you want to enroll a potential client, but you feel that fear, you feel that resistance. You know, you don't want to do it because you feel like you're putting everything on the line. How do you overcome that? And so it's it's really crucial because. If you're not enrolling clients on the phone right now, you you really should be. But if you don't know how to f- deal with the fear that surrounds that, it can absolutely paralyze you and can totally paralyze your your business and your and your ability to sell. And as long as you stay stuck there and you don't overcome it, you're putting the brakes on your business and on what you're able to achieve and the impact you're able to make in the world. Um, you're just slamming the brakes on that big time. So I wanted to come on here today with Mark, who is our director of sales, an absolute genius ninja master when it comes to selling and enrolling, but also doing it from a heart-centered place where you're not doing anything pushy. You're not pushing people into stuff they shouldn't be doing. You're actually doing this from a place of a real genuine concern for the person you're speaking about and the person you're speaking to. Um, so Mark, let's just talk about this. First of all, before we get into call reluctance, Maybe it's a good idea for us to just sort of refresh everybody's memory on why they should be using the phone in the first place. I see a lot of ads on Facebook where it's like, how to enroll high ticket clients without 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 a phone call and you know and, and how to do that. And you know, there's people teaching various email strategies and, and, and ways you can, you know, maybe run a webinar or maybe do this, but but it's like first of all, it's extremely difficult, guys, to enroll people at a premium price without using the phone. But even if it were possible. I still think you probably shouldn't do it. So let's talk about that a little bit, Mark, and then we can get into how to overcome the call reluctance piece. Yeah, that's a great, great question. The main reason, Russ, is it's the fastest way to get a new client above everything else. That's the number one thing. It's the fastest point is from A to B. That's really working on the phone. The other reason that it's really important is that it it is the best chance you have to have an honest conversation with somebody where one little one little block could be the difference between them clicking or buying and enrolling or not. And when you're on a phone call, you can get to that one thing. Uh, the other reason I like it is the best use of my time. You know, when we were in real estate or on the phone, when you're on the phone doing a yes or no conversation, that's anywhere from a thousand to a ten thousand, hundred thousand dollar phone call an hour. But if I get caught up in busy work that I could hire somebody, that's fifteen dollar an hour work. So the best use of my time is a really a big part of it. And underneath all of it, guys, is a huge opportunity as the industry in the world goes more high tech high touch is going to be need to be balanced in that same equation. The phone call allows you to have a real human to human connection. Um, but those are the main big points why I think it's so critical in today's today's world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people need that that connection. Sure. But also, guys, look, when you're talking about having that conversation, it makes everything in your business so much more powerful. So having that conversation, guys, is really the only thing that enables us to sell, you know, us and our clients to sell workshops and programs and offers and all your good stuff 
to, to sell that for between $3,000 to $15,000 within 24 hours of someone clicking on your ad. So look, it's possible to maybe, if you've got a like an email list, for example, that's super warmed up and they've been following you for a long time, you know, and that's a, and it's a big enough list. Sure, it's possible for you to just send an email to that list and say, hey, look, I've got this thing. It's five grand. You know, do you want it? Yes or no. But if you're talking about something that you can scale, if you're talking about something where you can predictably and reliably get new clients every day from ice cold traffic and do it at like $3,000 to $15,000 price points, you really must be incorporating some kind of a phone call. So don't believe the hype. There's a lot of people out there that are kind of making promises, but oh, you can do this or you can do that. And, and look, maybe you can email your list and sell them something expensive. I'm not saying that you can't. But what I'm saying is if you want a system that works like clockwork, if you want a system that gives you clients on demand, <laughs> like it says at the top of this thing, where you can do this anytime you want, you really need to be incorporating a phone call. But I also think that for ethical reasons, it's important too. Because if I'm just sending an email to my list and I'm just saying, hey, look, here's an add to cart button, click this and sign up then anybody who sees the email and who has a credit card and a pulse can sign up for that thing. And if you've got an offer, guys, that's transformational, if you have an offer that really has the power to make a big impact and a big difference in people's lives, then chances are it's not right for everybody, right? There's certain circumstances under which you can work your magic. There's certain circumstances under which you can really get a transformational result for somebody. So the only way to know if they fit those criteria is to have a real conversation with them. So I resisted this idea. You guys might not know this, but I resisted this idea of doing a phone call for a really long time. I would say for the, the first, I don't even know, five years I was in business maybe, I resisted this idea because it didn't seem automated to me. You know, I was obsessed with this idea of the four-hour work week. I was obsessed with online income and and I wanted, you know, pass this like this whole myth of passive income where you're not going to be doing anything and you're going to be making money all the time. And so I resisted the idea of of getting on the phone with people. And then I figured and then I said to myself, "Well, look, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to just get on the phone with cold traffic. I developed this webinar funnel system that we're using today. And 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 when I did that, my income went from about 20k a month from where where it was to like 200k a month almost instantly. And, and I was getting a much better caliber of client. I was enrolling people at higher prices. The coaching relationship was set up properly where they weren't just clicking a button and signing up for something, but, but like I actually had the ability to establish a real relationship with the person I was speaking to so that we were all on the same page. I knew what their problems were. I knew what the solution ought to be. They were committed to doing the work. I was committed to doing the work. And that relationship was really set up beautifully. So, so that one decision, guys, to get on the phone, not only did it 10x my income almost overnight, but it also really 10x'd my impact as well, where now I was able to get some like results for people that I thought you know was, wasn't even possible. So you really have to do this. Those of you guys that have been fighting this or, or, or resisting this, I want you to understand that you are leaving literally millions of dollars on the table. But more important than that, there's all of these clients that you could be helping. There's all these people you could be impacting and you're just kind of leaving them behind right now because you're a prisoner to your own fear of just picking up the phone.
So what Mark and I want to do, and Mark, if you want to comment on what I just said, that like oh, I want to hear it. But but I just want you guys yeah. to understand that what we're going to be talking about today is how do you overcome that fear? Because if once you accept the fact that not getting on the phone is costing you millions, you can say to yourself, okay, Russ, well, damn, I guess I better get on the phone. But you're still going to have that fear. You're still going to have that hesitation. So I wouldn't be doing my job if if I allowed you to have that fear continue to paralyze you. And so I want to give you some strategies today for what you can do to get over that, because I believe it's something everyone should be doing, not just from a dollars and cents perspective, but from a moral and ethical perspective too. It's going to maximize your income, but it's also going to maximize your impact to get on the freaking phone and have a real conversation with potential clients. Yeah, the thing that's important, and Russ, that I love what you said, because it is really true. I do think we have a moral obligation. If you believe in your product and service, it's like, you know, to that saying, um, I remember Barbara Mandrell quote, which was, again, God's gift to you is your talent. What you do with it is your gift back to God. And I kind of feel it's very similar in our business. When you have a gift and an ability to serve people and help them out of suffering, if you don't share it with anybody, you know, it, it's that's a shame. And one of the things that that you talked about, which is really true, call reluctance is real, but it's not always overt. Kind of like, you know, a lot of successful, ambitious people won't say they're stressed. They're just overwhelmed. But call reluctance is hidden. And so it's the sort of thing, um, oh, I got to get busy. Um, oh, I'm going to do it. It's not that I don't have call reluctance. I just got to do other stuff first. So I get busy. That's a hiding place. But the real culprit is call reluctance. Then it's the sort of thing that, Oh, I need to make sure I, I get everything ready. And then they hide there. And then there, I mean, we've even heard it. How many calls have we heard? Somebody gets on the phone. Are you sure it's still a good time? We can do this later. You know, if you're not ready. And so then they essentially subconsciously are sabotaging that call. And then energetically, they are resisting and pushing away that call before it even happens. So the chances of that becoming a, a client are very slim. So the, the call reluctance hides in several different places. And so the, when you know you don't have it is when you cannot wait for the call where it's the best part of your day, no matter what, you're going to be juiced. You cannot wait. And that's really where we really want to help people get to, because when you're in that f state, anything else is a form of call reluctance. If you don't love it and want to do it, something is off. And so well, let's break it down because it's a very important topic. So why does that happen then, Mark? Why why do people have, in your opinion, why yeah. do they have this call reluctance? It, that's a that's a really great question. I think there's several reasons. Number one is I think that again, focus resides and fear resides in two places: internal and external. Uh, just like focus, internal focus, external focus. So one of the first reasons that people get call reluctance is they shift their focus from the client and their needs to me and, oh my God, what if I do it wrong? So the first one is a shift in focus. If, if a person is focusing on themselves, what are they going to think of me? What if they ask me questions? Oh my God, what if I don't know how to do it? And what happens though, is we shift from focusing on, there is a client out there with a big problem. Let me see if I can help them. That's external focus. Instead, we shift to internal focus Oh, what if they go? And now humiliation could be a part of it. Um, fear, you know, those type of fears will show up. But but focus is the first piece. The second thing that so I think- So just to be too, clear, Mark, you're saying that when, and this, and I find this to be true for myself as well. If I'm focused on me, 
If I'm mm -hmm. focused on, oh my God, I hope I make this sale, or oh my God, I hope this person is the right client, or oh my God, I've got to get this person in the door no matter what, because otherwise I'm not going to make payroll and I can't pay for my ads yeah. and my life is going to fall apart and I'm going to fall off a cliff and die. If I'm thinking about all that stuff, it's going to immediately paralyze my ability to actually get in there and do the call and make a difference. But on the other hand, if I shift my focus where all of a sudden it's not about me anymore, it's about the person that I'm speaking to and what are their problems and what are they stuck on and what are they struggling with and how can I help? Now, all of a sudden, I'm not self-conscious anymore because, because the call isn't about me. It's about the person mm -hmm. that I'm speaking to. Yep. Spot on. And when we shift into the, this is a myth out there. The way that most people are training sales is more numbers. Develop a thick skin. Don't worry. It's not you. It's them. And, smile and giving dial. you, yeah, uh, smile and dial. Yeah. And even external things, buy a Ferrari. So you can't afford the payment or will force you to go make more calls. That's, that's like external low level. That's what most people are doing. But what that creates is a disconnection between serving your fellow man, which is where the power lies. It puts the power on a transactional number, which is not as important as getting out of yourself and going serving your fellow man. So even at the core in today's world, it is different than 60 years ago when most of those strategies were developed. Today, you cannot go and burn off and piss off a thousand people because they will go online and destroy you. So nowadays, every person matters, every call matters. And that's the first real issue, though, that we would want to point out is the focus needs to be on the client and their pain, their suffering, not your scarcity, not, you know, my, oh my God, what are they going to think of me? Oh, I can't pay my bills. It needs to shift. The second thing that's very interesting is weak beliefs, weak beliefs about your program, weak beliefs about your offer or your ability to deliver the, the structure of the call. So if you do not know the client's problem, you don't have an, have a right to uh, do a solution. So if I know that, meaning I know I don't have a understand my structure, I don't really believe in my product, and now I go outside and try and try and sell somebody, I'm going to develop call reluctance there because I know at my core I shouldn't be doing this. You see that a lot with outdoor salespeople and people in sales. They're doing it for a paycheck, me. Instead of, wow, I believe in my product. I believe in this company. They're the best in the world. We can help you solve it. Let's find out. That's a different one. So sometimes people, and we get it on the phone where we ask them, you know, how, how great are you? Well, I don't know. You know, that's, that person has no right asking anyone for any money. But when you know the client's problem and you're very clear and the client is committed to fix it, now you can move forward in your conversation. But I, I've just noticed a big, big reason for call reluctance. The person, the business owner or the salesperson has never taken the time to truly look at the results their clients are getting, how their program does work and maybe who it doesn't, like you just said, and who is our ideal client. If you're vague on those, you will have call reluctance. Very simple. So you got to so, have a clear outcome of, you got to have to have a clear sense, guys. And this is something we work with our clients a lot on inside, inside Clients on Demand is what is the outcome that you provide? What's the problem that you're solving? Why is it so important to create that outcome? Why is it so important to solve that problem? And who do you want to work with and who do you not want to work with? And the more clear you are and grounded in that, where you know your standards, you, you're crystal clear. Hey, look, this is who I want to work with. This is who I never want to work with again. And you, you, you have that standard and you stick to it, the more confidence and power you're going to have in the call. But if you're going in there with weak beliefs, either because you're just filled with self-doubt 
or because you've just never bothered to make those choices. So you kind of just don't even know what you want. And you're then you're kind of just enrolling people. Eh, maybe I'll work with this guy. Maybe I won't work with this guy. That's all going to sap your confidence. And it's going to make you reluctant to pick up the phone because every time you do, you're not going to know what you're getting into. So it's about having that focus where your focus is not on yourself. It's on the other person you're with, but it's also about having very strong beliefs about who you want to work with and who you don't, what's the outcome you provide, and why is it so absolutely critical for the client to fix that problem and create that outcome? Yeah, it's just a big, it's a big issue because at the end of the day, guys, um, Call reluctance is real. And again, if you haven't taken the time to build your beliefs about your company, your program, you need more work in that area. Um, the other area, Russ, I wanted to stack is also fear. Fear is just like energy. We talked about it's contagious and it expands. Well, fear isn't just on call reluctance. Fear could be a pathway in the brain, for example. And when I, you know, let's say when we're kids, we're afraid of the boogeyman. We're afraid of that noise under our bed. Well, that pathway is, is hardwired in our brain. So anything in the unknown could trigger that and it can hijack that pathway. So if I let my mind run wild and I go, fear is either real or imaginary. Usually it's imaginary. So what happens is I had one tough call a month ago when I wasn't prepared. Now I go on and now I replay that call a thousand times in my mind. So when I get ready to do a call with you immediately, again, I go internal. I start thinking, oh my God, what if this person yells at me? What if I can't answer that same price question? What if I don't know how? And now all of a sudden I start an inward imaginary death spiral from fear. Mm -hmm. And it is just as real in the psyche and the nervous system as real fear. Real fear is somebody kicking down your door, trying to hijack the house and, and do something like that, or a bomb exploding or people shooting at you. Imaginary is equally as dangerous because our minds has no limits. It will come up with every stupid bullshit, you know, crap thing about, oh my God, what if they say this and this and this and this? So that's the other one that why call reluctance really does happen. It happens a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then there's a difference guys between call reluctance that is sort of normal, where it's just, it's just fear like Mark is talking about, and call reluctance when it's actually a big red flag, when it's a sign that something else is maybe going on that you really need to deal with. So Mark, why don't we talk about um, when is it a red flag and when is it just fear? Let's talk about when, when call reluctance sure. is actually like a big red flag. Well, the first off, fear is actually a really good thing, but we don't want to be paralyzed by it. Most people don't. Meaning, let's say you're walking out with, with the family and the kids up in Big Bear, and all of a sudden you see this big, huge black bear walking with its two cubs, and it's you're walking in the, and the little boys run up to it. You damn well better access fear and <laughs> run the other way and run downhill. You know, make sure you outrun your guide, if you know what I'm talking about. So in that case- Well, you just have to outrun your kids at that point. Exactly. You just got to be faster <laughs> than that. Exactly. You got you to be faster than the slowest kid and you're, you're good. So. <laughs> so there's moments where fear will serve us. But the key, however, is because we need to pay attention, but we need to put it in the back seat. If we let it drive our life, we'll be paralyzed. So when fear, in, when this happens, the key to it, again, it's an opportunity for courage to come forth. It's an opportunity for you to look and go, oh, wait a minute, I need to pay attention. That's what fear can give us in a positive way. So if I start thinking that, it's an opportunity for me to look at my program, look at my offer, look at my price and build beliefs around it so that I'm comfortable with it. It's an opportunity for me to go ahead and realize, hey, I need to practice my structure and my delivery and my truth. 
helping people get better on the call. So it's not that it's all bad, but most people don't harness that power and make it serve them. Therefore, they're jailed by it. So that's really a big key. When I see this, it is a huge red flag because it tells you something is off on your delivery, your beliefs or your, your um, structure and your strategy. So, but again, it's very similar to like a doctor. If you go to a doctor and you just know something is absolutely wrong in your body. Well, first off, you didn't get paralyzed. You go, I need to go to the doctor. I'll, I'll use me as an example. I broke my crown. Now, I know I have a broken crown. I'm unlimited time. Um, but I'm, I know I need to go there. I need to go find out, can it be fixed or does it have to be replaced? Proper diagnosis is the really the first key in getting it handled. So that to me is kind of like it's a red flag because if I start having call reluctance, it's a really good time to check in. Mm. I can check in. Am I really in alignment with that my program? Am I in alignment? Am I focusing on the client or myself? All those things we've talked about. It is a great time to check in. And then if I check in, I'm good. We, we go and rock the call. So that's, it is a red flag because if you're noticing call reluctance, something front to back is not in alignment. Just bottom you know, line. It can also be a red flag if the way that you've been taught to do calls is something that doesn't sit well with you. Spot and, on. And this is one we see a lot where, you know, look, you've, you guys, have, if you've been on the show, you've heard me and Mark talk a lot about the way that sales are normally taught and just how like messed up and unethical, you, you know, it usually is. Sometimes if you've been taught some of those methods where you're pressuring people or browbeating people or you're sort of forcing people to say yes, even if that's not the best thing for them, where you know you're just trying to, you know, make the sale no matter what, or where you're saying something like, oh, you know, this isn't for any this isn't for everybody. But the truth is if you have a pulse and a credit card, you're gonna enroll them no matter what. Those things over time, if you are a good person, will give you call reluctance. Because you'll be sitting there and you'll be thinking to yourself, hey, you know what, man, there's something that doesn't feel right about this sales process. There's something that just doesn't sit well with me. And so if you have that feeling, it's it's worth taking a pause and just taking a look at it and say, okay, look, well, what is the way that I have been trained to sell and how do I feel about it? And maybe having that call reluctance is a signal that the way that you've been trained to sell just it doesn't really jibe with who you are on the inside. It doesn't really jibe with the impact that you want to make and who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. And so when you start to have those feelings, sometimes it could just be normal fear. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But sometimes it is worth it to take a step back and say, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Maybe my whole structure for doing this is off. That's a really, really powerful point, Russ. There's two areas that I'd love to expand on that. Number one is you're doing it the wrong way. That that is how most people have been trained. So normally it's like if you don't like somebody pressure closing you and being inauthentic, why would it be any different if you were the one that now needed to pressure and be inauthentic? That's the first challenge. The second challenge is being inept or untrained for the same process. If you're going in to play basketball and you don't know the rules, you don't know what the what the outcomes are, you don't know how to do it, you're not going to be prepared to play the game and you're not even going to know if you're winning. The only thing you're going to feel is inadequate. So it, it's number one, doing it the wrong way, but the other problem with it is doing it and not knowing how to do it. So well, just both of those it. are relevant. Yeah. yeah. So of course, if you're just winging it, you're you're, you're naturally going to have some doubt and some resistance about it because if you've just watched a couple of YouTube videos about 
how to enroll people over the phone or you've read a couple books or something like that. And you're just going to like, oh, screw it. It's just a conversation. It's super easy. Anybody can do it. Um, you're going <laughs> to you're going to learn the hard way that that's actually not the case. It's yeah. actually quite tough to do this the right way. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables that are coming into play. And this is another part. People that are on the phone, this is probably a reason why. Uh, another subtext about why people have call reluctance is that when you get on the phone with somebody, you're not just talking to that person. You are talking and representing every sales interaction they have ever had. Most of those are bad. So you're going up against a buyer who is armed in buyer defense strategies. They know how to get off the phone without buying. They know how to make it back on you. They know how to make you be the bad guy. They know how to hit your buttons. Don't pressure me, Russ Rafino. I don't need that, you know? And th they have all those strategies. It's almost like in high school and college, it seems like they're all going to school on how to have buyer defense strategies so that no salesman will ever sell you. Well, just so, life is that today because we're constantly right. bombarded by so many sales messages on, on Facebook, on social media. You're getting, you know, text ads now. You're getting, you know, all kinds of stuff. We're just constantly being sold to all day long. So people Nonstop. have had to develop these buyer defense mechanisms. But Mark, I love what you said about about how every time you get on a phone with someone, it, 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 it's not just you or you're, you're, you're starting with a clean slate. You're, you're having to deal with every bad sales experience they've ever had. It's like when you're dating and you're talking to somebody and that person's been in five or six bad relationships and they're just waiting for you to be exactly the way that their ex-boyfriend or their ex-girlfriend was. That's right. And, and it's like they're just going to project all that stuff onto you. So if you don't know how to handle those sales conversations with a great degree of like integrity and confidence and finesse, it's going to be a big problem because they're just going to assume based on their past experiences that you're out to get them and you're just another, you know, shady salesperson. This is Russ. When I, when I coined the phrase, that's why it's, it's no different than herpes, except it's sales transmitted diseases. So, <laughs> so at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's like, Oh, here we go again. And they're showing up like this, you know, they, they're putting on that, the, they're ready you know, to fight. everything, but they don't want an STD. And it's like, so it's like, unfortunately, that's the world we we move through. So if we don't know how to navigate and not trigger all those those defenses, it can be a tough, it can be a tough call. And so that's that could be a big reason too why people then develop a fear, even when one might not have been there, or that's also why they have call reluctance. So just some food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So so if you are rock solid on the problem that you solve, and if you're rock solid on who you want to work with, and if you've been trained properly where, you know, and your internal beliefs are solid, but you've also been trained properly where you've been trained in a sales process that you feel great about, that you're congruent with, and it all feels good, then it's probably not a red flag. It's probably just normal fear. So let's just assume that people have have dealt with the big, big issues, why they could be deal dealing with call reluctance. And it's just like the normal fear. How do you overcome just the normal fear that you might feel when, when you're doing a sales call? Um, it's a great question. And there's two different beliefs about fear. One is Zig Ziglar, false evidence appearing real. Okay. So the premise of that is it's usually nine times out of 10, it's probably a false evidence appearing real. The other thing is F everything and run. That's the other one. You know what I mean? So those are the real cases of fear, but let's break down what you do when it happens. First off is again, it, you can condition it to trigger, Oh, Hey, pay attention. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of like, hey, you better notice this. If you're out with your kids, I know when I took my daughter and we were out there and the waves were really big. And all of a sudden I had two girls on my arm, which you can relate to only you've got two boys. You've got two people and I start getting sucked out. And I grew up swimming and I'm really, really strong. You know, I'm a fish, but carrying two kids, that's another story. And the waves are big. Fear popped up. It was enough of a trigger that I need to go. I need to fight now, not when I lose my footing. And I mean, it took everything I had. So the first thing with fear is don't fight it, acknowledge it, but then choose, let courage show up. Part of the thing we talk a lot about in, in clients on demand is again, some of the mindset strategies, but how to condition courage. You can literally condition it so that the minute it pops up and I recognize, oh, uh, courage can come forth if you know how to pull that forth. So now all of a sudden that same situation where, hey, I need to start paying attention. It can actually hyper focus you, which is what it's meant to do. And now I can hyper focus on the client. I can focus on their needs. I can focus on, again, to quote Zig Ziglar, I can have everything I want if I help enough others get what they want. So that same energy that normally paralyzes people, if you know how to harness it, will actually steer you into intelligent, inspired, and incessant action. So that's really a big, big key because I don't believe you ever want to get rid of fear, but I don't want to be paralyzed by it. It's a small distinction, but a powerful one. No, that's a big distinction, Mark, because usually when people feel fear, they get ashamed. They feel like, well, I, you know, I wish I didn't feel this way or I, I, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this kind of fear. Oh, I'm being such a wuss or or whatever it is. But the honest truth, guys, is that the fear never goes away. The more you act with courage, like Mark is talking about, the weaker and weaker and weaker the fear gets, but it never truly disappears. I mean, I'm scared every day by something. Something always happens to put you in that place of fear and to to, to freak you out. And if And honestly, guys, look, if that's not happening, it means you're not playing a big enough game. If you're just coasting and you're not trying to do anything particularly extraordinary, you might, you know, go through your life without without having to deal with a lot of fear. But to me, I've conditioned myself now to see fear as a sign that I'm doing something worthwhile. And if I've gone a few weeks or a few months where it's like, oh man, I'm not scared at all, it means I'm not trying anymore. So that fear can actually be a good thing. It means you're putting it on the line. It means you've got the guts to put yourself out there and to put yourself in a situation like a phone call with a potential client where you could hear the word no. Oh man, what if I get rejected? Oh man, what if they turn me down? Oh man, what if I don't make the sale? But so what? And and when <laughs> you feel that little buzz of fear, there you go. When you I feel, was going to write down the same thing. There you go. When you feel that little buzz of fear, it can actually be a tremendous source of energy for you where that little buzz that you get before you do something great, you know, that feeling you get, the butterflies in your stomach before you give a speech or go on a first date or make a sales call can be this tremendous source of energy where you feel 100% engaged, 100% dialed in. And when you're in that state, you have access to so many resources and energy and power and guts drive that you don't have when you're just coasting through life. So guys, if you're feeling afraid, don't let that, you know, don't feel bad about that because you're always going to have that fear when you're doing something worthwhile. And to me, it's a big signal that you're on the right track and that you're doing something powerful. Do you guys understand that? It's a really, really powerful distinction. And we've already talked about as well, um, 
you know, the other part too, guys, is to remember that, you know, everybody has fear. Your competition has fear. Make them fear you. Get <laughs> so good in your craft where they're like, oh my God, they're here. You know, that was always my goal uh, back in various forms was they were, I wanted to be so good in my ability that I, I was the one that was in their head where, you know, I should have been paying them rent because I lived in their heads and they're, they have fear too. And when you know your craft, you know who you can help and you're willing to love and serve them beyond any expectation of anyone else will do. That's going to be really, really powerful. And the other thing, Russ, that you said too, um, I love so what, because that's the, that really is the key. I'd write that down, everybody. The other part that I was doing as we just were in Kauai together with all, all of our um, mastermind group, we had a total fun. What Russ, you might not know is I grew up, I don't like heights. Okay. I don't really? like high rise. I don't like high rises. I don't like, uh, you know, seeing a beauty. I just saw a movie with skyscraper with the rock. I didn't even like the movie because it, it, I don't like that. But somewhere along the lines, before I went in the military, I knew that that was, I didn't want to be paralyzed. So what did I do? I went and did it. I got a uh, ex Marine force recon. He taught me how to repel. So I started repelling down these cliffs and then I did it Australian style front and I did it until it no longer had me paralyzed. I still don't know it, but that was part of what, when we were cliff jumping for us to do it. And remember Jayla, Jayla did so great. It's, it's Jane's daughter and she got to the edge and then she stopped and the fear took over and she couldn't jump. And then she stepped back. She stepped again, just like me. And that was like, as soon as you step there, jump, just jump into your dream. And so we did that. And eventually we got Jayla to jump. When she focused on her dream, she was able to jump. If she focused on what could not go, what could go wrong, she stepped off mm. in the backwards. So that was one of the keys. That's the kind of thing where it was a physical metaphor where even though it was only, what was it? Three meters, four meters, five meters, maybe at the highest points. That still for me was like, oh, here we go. But there's something magical. Like you said, when you are living on the edge of your comfort zone and you're jumping into your dream, life becomes magical. And every person that took that jump into the waterfall off the cliff, when they got down, hit the water and came up and they're alive and they're like, wow, that was amazing. Even little Jayla. And so there's a power that we harness only when we face our fear and conquer it and attack it. So that's, that really is critical. You guys, I remember when I quit my bartending job, you know, it was this big dramatic thing and I was like, oh, I'm out of here. And I quit and got my car, you know, and, uh, was crying in my car on the way home. But the next day I woke up in sheer terror because I don't know how much you guys know about my story, but when I quit my bartending job to to make to start, you know, pursuing making money online and making a living online, uh, I did not have enough money to cover my next month's rent. My rent was like two grand because I was living in LA and I think I had maybe six hundred dollars in the bank. So I had a lot of ground to make up when I when I cover you know when I quit my job. But I remember the next day I woke up you know, and I was super stoked. I quit my job. And then the fear and terror just like descended on me <laughs> like immediately. But the thing is, guys, I felt alive. I felt alive for the first time in a really long time. And I've been bartending for 10 years and I hadn't had that sense of being alive in such a long time where now I was responsible for my own destiny. You know, if my business succeeded, if my business failed, it was up to me. And I, and I, you know, when I was bartending, I would wake up at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I swear to God, the day after I quit my job, I was up at five in the morning, grabbed my laptop, went down to the coffee shop, immediately started like writing sales copy and doing everything I had to do. 
And I was so switched on and I had so many resources that were just, I didn't even know were there. I didn't even know I was capable of that stuff. So guys, when you're living at the edge of your comfort zone, like Mark is talking about, that's when you will feel truly alive. And that's where we want you to live. And one of the best ways that you can get there is to be putting yourself out there and having these conversations with potential clients where they can say yes or they can say no. That's it. That's where we want you to be. And so the question I have for you is like, look, how many clients have you spoken to, potential clients have you spoken to in the last week, in the last month? How many clients have you enrolled? And if you haven't enrolled any, and if you haven't been speaking to as many as you want to be, then I want you to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk and let us help you fix that problem. Because look, at the very least, you should be speaking to potential clients every day, if not enrolling potential clients every day. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier and we were talking about how, um, you know, like, look, if you're the manager of like a Chipotle or a, a Starbucks or a McDonald's, if you're the manager of a normal business and nobody, and you go an entire day without anybody walking into the store, an entire day without anybody ordering anything, you go an entire day without a customer, you'd be freaking out, right? But as coaches and consultants and service providers, we do that all the time. You might go, oh, well, I didn't get any new clients today, or I didn't get any new clients this week, or I didn't get any new clients this month. And somehow we're just sort of okay with that. But we really shouldn't be. Because if you're not at least having conversations every day, if not enrolling people every day, it's a big, big problem. And, and you gotta, you've got to be honest with yourself about that. You've got to be real with yourself about that and say, you know what, man, I haven't had a new client in a, in a week. I haven't had a new client in a month. I got to do something about that. And if that's where you're at, that's what we help people solve every single day. I mean, it's literally all we do. We don't help people with their paintings. We don't help people with their poetry. We don't help people with their acting. We help people get clients. And if you're not having those conversations all the time on a consistent basis when you want to, and if you're not enrolling clients at the prices you want when you want, then we need to do something about that. And we want to help you do that. So I want you to, I want to invite you to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. When you go to that page, you're going to see our calendar. Just grab whatever appointment time works for you and we'll call you at the time you chose and we'll go right to work, putting our heads together to craft a step-by-step game plan for you to get the clients you want, when you want, at the price you want. That is what we do all day, every day, and we would love to do it for you. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. Yeah, it's such a great topic, Russ, because again, this is one of the key pillars. When you have confidence and certainty that you know how to enroll people effectively, and then you also understand, again, Russ, you break it down into three three businesses or three focuses, attract, enroll, and fulfill. And so, you know, at the end of the day, when you have a funnel and a system, guys, this is one of the hidden benefits that when I, when I first found out about Russ Rafino and I saw what he was doing... It, when we got people on the phone, I told them, I was like, it's almost like that's not even selling because all the heavy lifting's done. And there still is a conversation, but I was like, in, in 30 years of enrolling people on the phone and selling, I never saw something that the front end was helping so much. So it allowed us to be even more effective to have an in, in a truth conversation with somebody to really find out, are these the ideal clients? What would your businesses be like if every day you had five, 10, 20 new clients, but they were ideal clients, fun to work with, committed, doing the work, getting amazing results, saying, thank you. Thank you. That's really what we're talking about. And when you have the, the middle structure on how to, how to enroll the right people, it becomes fun. 
And then it's like, oh my God, I can do it from anywhere. Oh my God, look at the people I get to, to serve. And then the third piece, it, it also, like you said at the very beginning, it also sets the foundation for a great coaching and transformational relationship. So getting the results is easier because you're not working with the drama queens. You're not working with the people that are skeptics. You're working with people committed to solving it. So when those three pieces are congruent and they match up, life gets magical pretty damn quick. So I love the the whole topic. Awesome, guys. Go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. Book a call to speak with us because we'd love to help you get your client traction dialed in. Now, if you're watching us on Facebook and you want to check us out on iTunes so you can actually take this with you and listen to it in the gym, that kind of thing, then I want you to go to iTunes and I want you to search for the Clients on Demand podcast on iTunes. And if you're watching this on iTunes or you're watching this on Facebook and you want to get notified about when we go live so you can watch these broadcasts live, then I want you to go to our business page and that's Russ Ruffino Clients on Demand and I want you to click the See First button. So hopefully you guys can check this out. If you go to our business page, that's Russ Ruffino Clients on Demand and you click Following, it's going to ask you when you want to see this. If you click See First in your newsfeed and you turn on notifications, you're going to get notified when we go live so that you never ever miss these broadcasts because we want you to come and check us out live. So again, if you want to find us on iTunes, go search for the Clients on Demand podcast on iTunes. If you want to check us out on Facebook, go to our business page. That's Russ Ruffino Clients on Demand and uh, and, and set us to see first and turn on your, your notifications and you'll be able to check us out. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in and we will catch you guys on the next show. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with Clients On Demand, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. Now, we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. I'm Russ Rafino, and let's talk soon.